Hey, welcome to Tip Talk Radio Podcast. Today we are crunching. Hey, this song from City Alight. Never mind, we call it City All Right the whole show. This show, this song from City All Light does pretty good. And then we play a quick round of Book a Concord Beat. Thanks for joining us. Here's the show. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys would put mega the mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. By the magic of comparison, cast better. Yes. Wow. Table Talk Radio. Lowering the bar. <laughs> You're welcome for making all the other podcasts you listen to much better than this one. Welcome to skewing the line. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so you did not get a chance to to watch the Super Bowl. Can you believe it? Yeah, I mean too pious. Too pious. <laughs> you have been kind of a uh, what uh, a purist when it comes to the NFL. I mean, uh, I was me and Trump quit watching because, a couple of years ago, didn't I we? Know. I, they're trying to get you back though. They got all these armed forces. Uh, personnel doing things for the Super Bowl try to get you back aren't you, aren't you wooed back because you know they've got like World War II veterans presenting the coin and things like that I didn't I don't even know anything about the thing <laughs> this is really bad yesterday morning I didn't even know who was playing I this is I'm not bragging about it I'm a little bit ashamed because it is I it seems like I, I thought like it was like missing a holiday it's like waking up on the Monday after Easter and you didn't do anything and you're like I'm totally Missed it. Yeah, you don't get these holidays. Definitely and, an understatement. And yeah. Super Bowl is a is a holiday. That's what I realized yesterday. Just because I had stuff. I mean, I just had stuff scheduled, and so I I was just doing other stuff. And and um, yeah, it's like I, I don't know. It's it's like a missed year now. It's a yeah. missed opportunity. I don't normally feel bad about missing holidays like Memorial Day or Labor Day or any of those other days, but. This, uh, Carrie said, you know, every I've gone to a Super Bowl party since high school. Every year you go to the party and you have a couple beers and you eat a bunch of chips and no, nothing. Yeah. So, well, anyway. So who won? Uh, Chiefs won. How was it? Good game? It was a good game. I was uh, rooting for the 49ers just because the Chiefs are a, a rival to the Denver Broncos. That's but- right. But uh, alas, the the Chiefs came out ahead. So they the the Chiefs started out kind of terrible, but they were they did pull out the lead early. But then they the Forty ers took the lead about middle of the game and fourth quarter. Chiefs came back, so that was a good game. I think it was a game that was pretty free from uh, controversy. Although I haven't looked at the I haven't looked at the news today. I'm sure there was something that someone was outraged over that I'm not aware of. But you know you you're kind of 
used to something. Oh, there's probably some political ads now that I think about it. I think Bloomberg had an ad, Trump had an ad, so I'm sure that's all the rage. But uh, pretty pretty free from uh, from the political controversies and things like that. So that's a rare. It seems like there's a you know just right now where we are recording. I don't know when the podcast will come out, but we're on Monday after Super Bowl. There's just a lot of things happening in the world. Like um, what we had? I mean, the SARS like, epidemic, like the impeachment of the United States president. <laughs> yeah. The, the, well, there's the what today is the Iowa caucus, and tomorrow is the State of the Union, and Wednesday is the impeachment vote, and it's a, this is a lot of things happening. But, what, we had the Brexit. It's, it's a lot of yeah, headlines. Yeah, that's true. But that reminds me, there was one thing. You know, uh, it's typical for the, I don't know, typical, last few years, I think, um, for the president to do an exclusive interview with someone after the Super Bowl. And so uh, President Trump did his exclusive interview with Sean Hannity. And Hannity said, lightning round, I'm just going to throw out a name, tell me the first thing that comes to mind. And he went through a few, and then he says, uh, Bernie Sanders. And uh, Trump says, communist. <laughs> like, word association. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, communist. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Trump would be fun to play with that because it's like, you know. Yeah, because there's not a Hillary, filter anyway. Crooked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Ted Cruz, lying. For, for Hillary, it was emails. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like Trump has much of a filter anyway, but that game is designed to try to get rid of someone's filter so i think that would be fun yeah <laughs> we should do that lightning round with theological characters my answer would be duh i don't know <laughs> okay so um we're gonna do some praise song crunch today we got an email i think hanging around from yes pastor wolf Mueller's email inbox we'd like to tap into that since uh uh i don't know why why I don't know why either. This came through the website contact, but it's a crunch suggestion. It's from Carl. Nice. So Good. So we'll be doing that. And then also uh, playing Book of Concord B from that right. same Right. Also email. inspired from this email. We, we do appreciate when you send in emails that they inspire at least two games to play so that it would take up the entire work of show preparation. So that that is a plus if you Indeed. email Indeed. Yep. Indeed. So, but first, buzzwords. What do you got? Nunc dementis. Ah. Is that yours? No. Mm. It's a nice one, huh? It's Latin. It means now dismiss. It's the, you know, I don't think this is a, a very ancient. I think the, we normally sing the Nunc dementis. It's a song of Simeon. When Jesus came, he's 40 days old. Jesus came to the temple. Mary and Joseph carried him, I suppose. And, and uh, he, and Simeon, this character, is pious, waiting. He's waiting, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And he and the Holy Spirit brought him to the temple, brought him to Jesus. He sees him, and he knows that that this is the fulfillment of this really unique promise that God had given to Simeon that he wouldn't die until he saw the Lord's Christ. So he takes him into his arms and says, "Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, for uh, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation." And then this mysterious—I don't know what actually this means. I I just realized I don't know what it means a couple of days ago, but. He says, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And it's, so it's, the, Jesus is the light, but he's doing two things. He's, he's a light of revelation for the Gentiles, and he's the light of glory for the Israelites. And I, don't, I just don't know what the difference is. But the main thing is that Simeon sees him and he says, Lord, you kept your promise, and now I can die. And we take that hymn and we sing it after the distribution in the Lord's Supper. How wonderful is that? 
Now, again, I think that's only probably three or four centuries old. It's not. It's not. Uh, I, I mean, don't think that tradition to, is. To be all clear, the way back. yeah. To be clear, the Nuke de Menace is rather old. Just not the singing of it in relation to the Lord's Supper. Right. <laughs> I think it normally goes in like the evening services, like um, in the Vespers or something. I bet that goes all the way back. But to put it after the Lord's Supper, I think is probably only four or five hundred years old. Maybe it goes back to the Reformation or like the generation after. Anyway, no matter. It's really nice because we say, okay, now look, we've held in our hands the body and the blood of Jesus, just like Simeon, and now we're ready to die too. But here's the thing that I remember when I was a kid growing up. We had the old green hymnal in the ELCA, and so they had the Nook Diminished there, and they would sing it, Lord, let us, your ser- let us die your servant. It was probably New English then. And I always thought that that meant, Lord, now let us go home. And and I would <laughs> be singing the Nook Diminished, and I would think... Uh, Lord, now how let us thou thy servant? Now it is time to go to chicken fried, Kentucky fried chicken, mm-hmm. and eat some lunch with some mashed potatoes. That's what I would think. Now, but that's not what it means. It doesn't mean Lord dismiss us from church. It means Lord dismiss us <laughs> from this earth. I used to uh, text Nuke Diminis to someone when I was leaving somewhere. Like if they're waiting for me to get there and they're waiting for me to leave, I'd say Nuke Diminis because I'm now departing. Anyway. Um, Hmm. I have a theory about this. Do you want to hear my theory? And you can tell me if you think it's a good theory or if I'm just uh, blown in the wind. But okay. uh, the fascinating thing about that text in my mind is that, so here's Mary and Joseph going up to the temple to present Jesus as the firstborn son and also going there for Mary's purification. And that's when they bump into uh, Simeon and he holds this baby and, and says a new menace. But then after the text, it says, and uh, Mary and Joseph marveled at this, and and that has always puzzled me a bit because Mary and Joseph. I mean, they've they've been spoken to by angels that you're gonna uh, conceive and 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 bear a son by the Holy Spirit. You'll call his name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. Uh, they've uh, gone to Bethlehem, given birth to the son in a manger, where angels sing and shepherds come worshiping. And uh, probably not yet by this point, but soon to come would be probably the Magi uh, coming from the East bearing gifts. So, I mean, there's a lot that Mary and Joseph have to marvel at, right? So the fact that this this old guy at the, the temple holds this baby maybe is not, to me, the most miraculous event that has happened in the last, you know, several months. I mean, it's been, it's been a big year for Mary and Joseph, right? So my theory is that what specifically... Mary and Joseph are marveling at here is that in all of the promises that they've heard from the angels, that they've been understanding this child to be the Messiah for the people of Israel, but they hadn't yet maybe made the connections that this is also the light to the Gentiles. Hmm. That, that what they're marveling at is that this child of theirs is their savior and the savior of the entire world, not just the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if I'm right, but that's that's my theory. It could be. I mean, that's just, Paul keeps coming up on, whenever he talks about the mystery of Christ that he's revealed to the that Jesus is all is not just for the Jews but also for the Gentiles, and he calls that a mystery. But the weird thing is, it was it's like all over the Old Testament, so it's not that mysterious. That's true. It's like I mean, the, like the first promise God gave to Abraham was that your seed will be a blessing for the nations. Yeah, that's it. 
Uh, so yeah. But it's a mystery. It's right there in front of them, but they just couldn't see it. Exactly. See it. Exactly. All right. Well, my buzzword coming up. We're after this break. What? We're only taking. That's ridiculous. We're, we're talking about an average of one buzzword per segment. So we <laughs> ought to get the next buzzword in, and then maybe we'll get to the show proper. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Wow. Wow. This is Dr. Carl Fikencher, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Table Talk Radio is my favorite illustration for the fall of man. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time, and to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. All right, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pretty excited about today's buzzword. From the brought to you by Santa Clara University, which has <laughs> this is great glossary of theological terms. But that's not what I'm so excited about, Pastor Wolf Mueller. Yeah. What I'm so excited about here is that there's a little play button for each. So, my theological buzzword for you, Pastor Wolfmuller, is... Fides Quaerens Intellectum. <laughs> oh. Wow. And, of course... He makes, he, makes that, he makes that Latin sound right down to earth, that guy. <laughs> oh, did you, oh, that was me. You didn't, you didn't recognize my voice. <laughs> I gotta... We gotta have a more, like, um... What's the he'll, what's the guy on CNN who got trouble for making fun of the people that don't know where Ukraine is? Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was good. <laughs> That's what we need. Those guys pronouncing some Latin for us. <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm reading Fides Quarines Intellectium. You and How'd your fancy learning, <laughs> books and reading and maps. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Um, all right, so um, what? Friends intellectum means is that um, <laughs> that it's it's a con so the, the Latin means faith seeking understanding so it's the idea that um, that one must uh, begin their beliefs with faith before they can move on to other um, Christian doctrines Christian truths um, and so according to this according to this website that was a, a theological method stressed by um, Augustine and Anselm so. Oh. For what that's worth. Now, so so we 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 want, we want to say yes. Uh, in order in order to believe Christian truths, we must uh, have the gift of faith. That we can't. In other words, we we can't uh, believe anything of the Christian doctrine apart from faith. I mean, that the the virtue of being able to believe is what faith is. Uh, I mean, faith is believing God's promises, and um, so so that uh, believing God's promises, uh, what. Allows us to 
uh, to understand these greater Christian truths. But we do want to make a slight distinction here um, in that, and, and this is the point I think that you talk about a lot with the, um, when we're talking about the attributes of the Scriptures, that we talk about the clarity of Scripture, that God speaks to us in uh, in language, right? He uses the rules of grammar to communicate to us, and th- this is objectively understandable. Um, so that it, it's not, I mean, if you just handed, like, the Gospel of John to someone, uh, they could understand it insofar as anyone can understand a sentence. I mean, there's, like, a subject, verb, and object. Um, but it's it's when faith, uh, when one possesses faith, they can believe the words therein. So uh, just a slight distinction. But I, I do think that this is, this is true, um, that we, uh, it, it's upon faith that we can move on to greater Christian truths. This is interesting. I, I looked this up too, and I found that the reference to Anselm of Canterbury, no longer part of the EU, by the way. <laughs> uh, 10, 1033 is when that guy was born. He, he's normally known for the... I bet there's a lot more to Anselm than I even know. He, has the, he, he talks about the um, he, the theory of... The Anselmic theory of the atonement, which is the idea of Christ is the redeemer, the propitiator, the one who dies, the vicarious satisfaction, which is good. That's actually right, but kind of weird that it's a theory. But he has it here, faith-seeking understanding. And I wonder what the opposite is. Uh, it, it, it depends on which way you go, which if I like this or not. Because if you said faith-seeking the vision of God or faith-seeking not to understand or just to kind of rest in the unknowingness that once you're a Christian, you don't have to you don't have to think anymore. You don't have to process. You don't have to meditate theologically or thoughtfully about the world. That would be wrong. So we want to be Christians that are engaging in the world and in the stuff around us and in the Scriptures in a, in a profound and thoughtful way. But And I suppose it might be contrasted the other way with, like, understanding seeking faith. Like, unless you understand the resurrection or unless you understand the Trinity, you're not going to believe it. So faith has to come first as an I guess an act of trust or something like this before these things start to reveal themselves to you. And that's where I'm not, I'm not sure. I, it could be right. I'm just not, I haven't thought about it and I'm not quite ready to go down that road all the way is that you have to sort of first give yourselves over to these truths and then they start to become intellectually satisfying. I don't know if that's how the Holy Spirit works, or at least that if that's the story for everybody, it seems like some people will come to the faith through a sort of objective examination of the facts, like, you know, Lewis is a famous story. Other people will come because they hear the promise of the gospel. Faith is awakened in them by the Holy Spirit, or we would say better, faith is given to them by the Holy Spirit, and then an understanding of the theology comes along later. But I don't know if we want to I don't know if we want to be too dogmatic on this thing. Okay. Well, um, maybe I should maybe know what buzzwords mean before I use them, but... <laughs> well, I don't know either. I mean, this, it's, this it is, could be great. It's, th- this uh, is what Wikipedia says, for what it's worth. It says um, to, to, to what I just said, and then uh, Anselm first uses this uh, expression. It articulates the close relationship between faith and human reason. This is the key to Anselm's theological thought and philosophical thinking. Uh, he would understand all things in faith. It means to understand intellectually what we already believe. Chronologically, faith precedes understanding, like when small children first trust their parents and believe what they state, and it is only later on when they grow up uh, that they want to examine and understand the reality by themselves. So that's 
that's the thought. So, I mean, in a way, I mean, could, could this be like uh, we uh, believe and confess that because God's promise bestows through its means the very gift of faith, like in holy baptism, even to a, a, a child, um, an infant, that child does believe and trust in the promises that baptism gives, yet that child hasn't yet learned even the small catechism to, to be able to confess the, 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 the doctrine of baptism, and that comes later. Yeah. I would say, maybe I would say this. I, I'm great with the saying that faith, our faith, always ought to seek understanding. In fact, faith, because, because part of faith is this, I mean, this trust that knows that God is our Savior, that our sins are forgiven, that Christ is in our place to give us, to give us life and joy and peace, that he's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. And this awakens in us a love for God and the neighbor. And part of that love for God is that we want to know more about him, which brings us to study his word and his creation. So it's, faith is always going to be seeking. It's one of the fruits of faith. It's going to be seeking to understand things better and to articulate them better. I just want to say that it could, it could be that the Lord takes occasion of understanding to also create faith. And so mm. it, we, we could also say that understanding seeks faith. And, th and this is how the Christian studies. I go out to study something, to learn something, to know something, for the purpose, amongst other things, of increasing my faith in God and my trust in Him and my readiness to die. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, let's get to this email then. Do you have it there to read there? Uh, yes, here it is. It says, uh, Dear Pastor Wolfmuller, I don't know why he left you out. This was sent to the wolfmuller.co slash contact form. Well, I have a hunch then why he left me out. He says, uh, now I'm blushing a little bit. Are you ready? I'm a big fan of your YouTube channel. Hey, do you know I have a YouTube channel, Evan? Really? Since I, I just, uh, when I saw that your video had how many? 64,000 views. Good heavens. That your video, you did one video, and it has four times the views of my most popular video. <laughs> anyway. I don't know if he discovered your YouTube video. I just want to say he discovered mine. <laughs> I should uh, say, for those listening, I just made a little video to put on our website, you know, trying to explain to visitors the basics of what Lutheran theology is. I'd even, I mean, I, it, the fact that it's on YouTube is just consequential to the fact that I wanted a video on our website. <laughs> I don't know why you have the comments turned off. That's where the fun happens. <laughs> because I don't even look at it. I'm not even sure if I'd know how to log into YouTube to even take a look at that. It's like a theological bar fight in the comment sections. <laughs> it's like walking into like a, it's you know the bar scenes from like uh, Daffy Duck, <laughs> where everyone was just punching each other <laughs> like in the bar elastic face. Bottles over people's heads. Yeah, yeah. That's what the YouTube comments are like. It's great. <laughs> okay, go on. More than anyone else has helped me. Uh, it's has helped me to understand law and gospel, and let me read with earnest the Lutheran confessions. For that, I'll forever be grateful. Well, thank you, Carl. God be praised. I also appreciate your praise song, Cruncher, on Table Talk Radio. I've recently come across a group out of Australia called, oh, City All Right. <laughs> I have particularly enjoyed the song, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. Would you be able to crunch this song on a future show? 
Indeed, Carl. Here it is. That's what we're going to do. Crunch uh, it. Right. You got that song? I do. We have about 50 seconds left in this segment, so why okay. don't we take those 50 seconds to talk about the Praise Song Cruncher, then we'll get right after it after the break. The Praise Song Cruncher is a, a tool for analyzing the mystical content of a particular song, poem, or piece of Christian art. We have five questions. Is Jesus mentioned? Yes or no by name or concept. Two is there mystical form? That means, is it very repetitive? Does it use incomplete sentences, speaking to us in images rather than assertions? Number three, does it have mystical content? Does it talk about how we are a spark thrown from the flame, returning to God, how we're being lost in the ocean? Does it use the metaphor of the high school dating relationship? Is it over-emotive, assuming that our relationship to God is built on our emotions and not the other way around. Number four, does it properly distinguish law and gospel? What does it tell me my problem is and God's solution? And then number five, is there any other false doctrine not caught by the first four questions? Okay, so that is the praise song Cruncher, and we're going to be putting this song, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me, through this very Cruncher. You can uh, download, print out, and keep in your car, or you know that little pocket in front of your, your Bible cover? Keep that praise song printer right there in case of an emergency. Go to tabletalkradio.org to print it out. We'll be right back. Don't go Table Talk Radio. It's incredible how well our good looks translate to radio. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. All right, so Carl sends in this one. It's Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me by... City All Right, or if you're in Australia, how's it go? City All Right. <laughs> City All Right. City All Right. City All Right. All right, here's how the song goes. I do like the intro. I mean, that. So far, so good. What gift of grace is Jesus my interesting all right that yes indeed wow. that's what it sounds like the the night is, and look this is not now how am i missing this this none of these lines rhyme mm. which i don't know it is because i'm reading it in english and not australian i don't even think they <laughs> rhyme in australian but it's not repetitive at all and there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten verses stanzas here i'll read i want to read some of them 
The night is dark, but I am not forsaken, for by my side, the Savior, he will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my head, his power is displayed. Oh, sorry. In my need, excuse me, in my need, his power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley he will lead. Oh, the night has been won. I shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ in me. No fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future's sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon, and he was raised to overthrow the grave. Paid in grave rhymes. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now as ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released, I can sing, I am free. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. So it does have a rhyming pattern for the end of the second line and the fourth line. Second, plea me, paid grave, home thrown. Yeah. Lead me. That, does that count? Kind Lead of. and me? It's close. Close enough. Stay and displayed. It's a little bit loose, but anyway. To this I hold. Did I see that one already? Change released, yes. With every breath I long to follow Jesus, for he has said that he will bring me home, and day by day I know he will renew me until I stand with joy before his throne. To this I hold my hope is only Jesus, all the glory evermore in him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Him, me, doesn't really remind it's so It's funny. Oh, well. To this I hold my hope is only Jesus, all the glory evermore to him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. When the race is complete, my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me, yet not I, but through Christ in me, yet not I, but through Christ Oh, look at all that repetition. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not until the very end. Uh, I mean, mean, you can't not have repetition when the line says, still my lips shall repeat. (laughs) Repetition required. (laughs) But you're right, though. I mean, it's just at the end of the song. You're right. the, 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 The... Verses, the stanzas themselves uh, do not repeat. So, to this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my plea. The chains are released. I can sing. I am free. Yet not I, but through Christ. This is a very interesting song. All right, well, let's get I, after this. It. Is I wonder how it's going to do on the cruncher. That's what I'm wondering. All right. So, question one is Jesus mentioned? Yes, indeed, Jesus is mentioned all through the whole thing. I mean, what the first line? What a gift of grace is Jesus? my redeemer yeah he is my joy my righteousness and freedom he my hope is only jesus the whole name of the song is yet not i but through christ in me he the savior will stay he says it's my shepherd he's called um jesus bled uh, no fate i dread i know i'm forgiven the future sure the price it has been paid for jesus bled and suffered for my pardon this I hold my sin. Look, sin. All these words are here. Jesus now and ever is my plea, etc. So Jesus is definitely here. Yeah. Um. So uh, I think this is going to be interesting. We get to the, the f- question number four on long gospel, but I'll I'll hold off. Um, right. Number two, mystical form. So sentences. I don't think so. What do you think about that? No, I don't think so either. I mean, uh, we talked about the repetition already. It's not really present until the very end. Um, and uh, I mean, the the this song uses uh, sentences. I mean, it's it, it's it's expressing truths. It's trying to convey a true statement. I mean, so it puts something out there, and it's either it's something to 
to ponder. It's it's not something that is trying to just create an oppression. Oppression. It's not trying to just um, um, invoke a particular emotional feeling. It is, you know, like I said, making an assertion. So I, I think this one passes mm-hmm. the test on that. Mm-hmm. But what about mystical content? This is so. In general, it's talking about the work that Jesus has done for us on the cross. It does, though, press all the way to Christ in me, which is not wrong. So we, the, the scriptures will use this language, Christ in us, the hope of glory, or Christ, that Paul says, may Christ dwell in your hearts by faith. So this is a biblical idea that Christ is in us. Now, normally the Bible talks about us being in Christ, us in Christ, the other way around. But it does talk less often, but still enough that we ought to be able to talk about how Christ dwells in us, how Christ lives in us. And so that's not, that's not wrong. Um, it is, though, and this has worked its way out in a couple of controversies in the history of the Church, it, it, it is something that you have to be careful about. Mm. What does it mean that Christ lives in us? And that, I think, is what, probably what you're thinking about with the fourth question, which has to do with long gospel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so are we there? Let's just talk I about it. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about third, this third question about mystical content well i have to say it's better than i thought just from reading the title right so when mm-hmm. when we just when we all we had was the email yet not i but christ in me because usually that's the the that is something like that you hear when um someone's talking about like enduring through a tough time which isn't altogether wrong either mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't actually get at the gospel if that's all it is if if i'm having a rough time at work and i say christ will get me through this again not I don't want to say that's untrue, but that's not the forgiveness of sins found in the atoning death of Jesus. I mean, um, uh, so so to, to the song's credit, as, as you know, going from impression of title to the actual looking at the the lyrics, um, this does deal in the category of justification and sin and forgiveness quite a bit, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. great. Um, and I think that's he, it's, what we'll talk about. Yeah, he is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. It's Jesus is these things. So he's not giving me, he, that's nice, actually. And then it says, there's another little n- nice line here that says, The night is dark, but I'm not forsaken, for by my side the Savior, he will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need his power is displayed. So this idea of laboring on in weakness and rejoicing, that's actually a really quite, that little line there, I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, is mm-hmm. is really wonderful because Christ is with us. So it's not, it's not trying to stir up our emotions to such a way that we know God is good uh, to us because we feel it, but rather it's building our emotions and our reaction to the things that the Lord has done, which is the right way to do it, and to avoid that mystical idea that I know God is with me because I feel him. Okay, let's get at the question. Long gospel. So what, what's the problem that this song presents? Well, it does. It has a lot. So um, 
And look at this other line, by the way, that I like. It says, there's no more for heaven now to give. That's a second line of the whole song. So when God gives us Christ, when God gives us Jesus, that's it. That's Mm. the whole deal. That's That's right. That's wonderful. It does talk about the dark night, about hopelessness, but how Jesus comes and fixes that. It talks about our danger. He comes to defend us. We're lost. He leads us. So it has a lot of these pictures. It talks about the dreading of the future. No, no. And in fact, the dreading of the judgment, I know I'm forgiven. The price has been paid. Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon. So there's the basic thing, sin and grace, and, and grace through the death and blood of Jesus. That's great. Uh, it even talks about his blood. Jesus bled. To this I hold my sin has been defeated. Not even just, and this is interesting. We normally talk about the forgiveness of sins, but this is the defeat of sin. And that's fine. That's biblical language too. Jesus is my plea. He, I don't, I don't, I'm not pleading myself, but Christ. I'm not arguing my goodness, but Jesus for me. I'm free. That's great. And then longing to f- follow him. He's my hope. I hold to him. He's my glory. And so forth. So it does, it does present the problem is my sin and the solution is the atoning work of Christ. So far, so good. The danger though, and to, to see if you go, go with me on this, and this might be a little bit subtle because overall, I mean, just compared to most praise songs that we're looking at, this is head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, this is like King Saul in the crowd, you know? <laughs> so it's a lot of theology, but there is a caution that we want to bring to this song, too. But you're playing music. What are you doing? Oh, I just uh, like to move things along a little bit. <laughs> All right. We'll get that caution right after this. you got to stay tuned through the break because... We don't want to go on seeing this without knowing Pastor Wolfner's words of caution. Shh! Most of the listeners are sleeping. This is Table Talk Radio. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the devotions button. All right, we're listening to this song, Yet Not I, But Christ in Me, uh, from City All Right. And, City uh, All Right. We've been talking about how this this has a lot going for it, that, uh, yeah. beautifully talking about um, Christ and and talking about sin. And We uh, didn't listen to the end of the song, but it seemed like even the music was somewhat restrained, which I appreciate. Uh, you're looking for, I mean, it might be building up to it, though. I don't know. You know Maybe. Maybe. But uh, but you had a caution. That I'm, I'm, I want to know what this, this takes is. us back to the Osiandrian controversy. Remember Osiander? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here yeah. was how that went. They, the Reformation, Lutherans and all the Lutheran guys said, uh, hey, Jesus is our righteousness. He atones for our sin and so forth. And Osiander came along and said, that's right. Jesus is our righteousness. Christ in us overcomes our sin. Right. Cause he, and he, he made that move from Christ for us to Christ in us. Ah. Now, because again, I, both I think if I remember right that that he would talk about our righteousness uh, is found in the divine nature of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that it's it's so rather I mean so there's an error on both sides. If we would see that that we uh, have Christ's righteousness according to his human nature and not according to his divine nature, or as Osiander said, according to his divine nature, not his human nature, we have to have both natures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you have his righteousness? 
by his declaration or by his indwelling. So are we declared righteous before the throne, or are we made righteous by Christ living in us? Now, this is going to be huge because, I mean, I mean, a lot of Christians will think of their righteousness before God on the basis of his indwelling. Maybe maybe not expressed in those words, mm-hmm. but, but it's this language that Christ in me is by which they uh, uh, rely upon their standing before God. Is that right? That's right. So what we want to do is just make this distinction, is that Christ for us, that's the gospel, that's justification, and Christ in us is connected to sanctification uh, and our life of obedience and love for God and so forth. So I think, I think what you would do in this song, just to clean it up a little bit, I don't think you would need to change all the, because the, like every other stanza will end, yet not I, but through Christ in me. It's not all the way right. Um, sometimes it is. Like, my hope is Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to his. Oh, how strange and divine. I can sing, all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. That's right, actually, there. How I can sing and praise God and rejoice in him because Christ dwells in me. Um, the, I, my shepherd will defend me through the deepest valley. The night has been won. I shall overcome, but not I, but Christ in me. Right. But then... To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released. I can sing I am free, yet not I, but through Christ. This should be, that line should be, Christ for me. Mm-hmm. See, when it comes to redeeming, rescuing, delivering, it's not it's not accomplished by Christ for me. The, the forgiveness of sins is by, it's not by Christ in me, it's by Christ for me. So here's, um, here's, the, here's the picture of Oceandrianism. So you have, say you have a cup, and in that cup, is a drop of red food coloring, um, and this this represents sin. So that so that you know sin has marred your life, and and you need to be cleansed. So if you if you pour a little bit of water in that cup, the water is still mostly red. But if you have a big enough cup, and you keep pouring more and more and more and more water in there, it'll eventually dilute the water to the point where you can recognize no red whatsoever. And that is a bit how Osiander saw the righteousness of Christ and his divine nature, that by the indwelling of Christ, um, it just sort of overtakes, dilutes our sin to the point where it's not recognizable anymore. So, so notice here that Osiander would see um, this intrinsic change in us for our righteousness, so that, that I have transformed from a person that is a sinner into a person that is righteous, um, almost like I said, intrinsically. And in contrast, I mean, we talk about the forensic nature of justification, which means this this legal courtroom that that uh, God, the judge, declares you uh, righteous um, because someone has paid the penalty in your behalf, and you're getting credit for his righteousness. Now, what's mm-hmm. the difference between those two things? Well, um, the, the difference is is that I mean, this this allows room for the idea, the, the theological thought of simul usit et becater, which is simultaneously justified and sinner, so that, that according to my flesh, yes, I still in this life uh, stand as a sinner, yet uh, according to God's declaration, which is what counts before him, I am righteous because of what Christ has done for me. Now, the reason that is important is that I, I still look around, right? I mean, I, I see failures in my own body like Paul does in Romans chapter 7, to live according to the law. Now, if I'm relying upon my righteousness to be sort of assumed 
by the righteousness of Christ, um, then I look around and say, boy, I'm, I'm still not there. A transformation still needs to take place in me, and there's insufficiency. But if it's God's declaration, I can say, I, I can rely upon God's promise more than my apparent reality of my eyes, of my flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, 100% right. That's right. Now, does it, do you think this seems too subtle for most people? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's pretty subtle, but I, I think when, it's one of those things. You know, once you, you don't notice elephants until you start talking about elephants, and all of a sudden you see elephants everywhere. Right. <laughs> I don't know if elephants is the best example, but, but I think it's one of those things. <laughs> I haven't seen an elephant in a long time. <laughs> oh, just wait. Yeah, you driving that. to lunch. <laughs> What's that elephant doing over there? <laughs> right. But, I, I mean, it's, I think it's one of those things that now that you're looking for. Same thing with, the, with, our, with our praise song cruncher, right? How many mm-hmm. people have written in saying, oh, man, you've ruined songs for me because now I just see the mysticism in there? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, you're right. Now, I think over... Okay, so let's talk about this song overall. What, what are your impressions? Uh, this, I'm kind of... I'm, pr- I'm proud of the City All Right. I hope they keep writing songs. They're all right. They're all right. City All Right. <laughs> uh, City I, All Right? I all think, right. like we said, they, that they've got a lot going for them, at least in this song. Uh, it'll be interesting to look, see if their other songs are strong, too. Yeah. Um, because here, here's the thing. Uh, someone, someone who sings a song in a worship service, uh, even given the shortcomings we've mentioned, um, you are, know what? It's not city all right. It's city alight. Is that right? <laughs> Have we been reading it wrong this whole time? All right. Yeah, there's no R. <laughs> now I see. Details. I mean, it's not a big deal. All oh. right. <laughs> That does make more sense. That yeah, it does make. Now with the, I'm looking at the proper capital letters here. Oh, good grief! City, a light. <laughs> this is what happens when you try to do shows without Lumpy. And you know, when we go it alone, it is yeah, not no, pretty. Anyway, all your fancy reading and books and stuff, <laughs> phonics and letters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hook it on phonics. Work it for me. Anyway, uh, someone who someone who sings this song um, would not be led to trust uh, in their own emotions, and that's the main thing that the miss the praise song cruncher is trying to get us away from. That we would have a closeness of God because it is felt. Uh, rather, we can we can see at the what God has done, the works of God, and that's that still comes through in this song. So I think in the end, it's it's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Now, now, here's a question though for you: Does it yeah. does it pass the cruncher, or does it I, is it restricted to the entertainment zone? Uh, I, it probably passes. Look, I mean, if we if that doesn't pass, then there's probably not much that will ever. Let's give it a pass. <laughs> we got we got to let some things through, <laughs> make it look like an objective standard. Well, don't we have to pretend like this is objective? <laughs> All right, I got a quick, uh, I got a quick one from the Book of Concord for you because right. we only have two minutes left. Whoa, it says this is whoa. Book of Concord B. You got to guess which document of the Book of Concord this is, appears in. It says, uh, accordingly, we believe, teach, and confess that our righteousness before God consists in this: that God forgives us our sins purely by His grace, without any preceding, present, or subsequent work, merit, or worthiness, and reckons us to the righteousness of Christ's obedience on account of which righteousness is, uh, sorry, on account of which which righteousness 
uh, we are accepted by God into grace and are regarded as righteous. I think that's got to be. So th I, I think you went to the Osiandrian controversy right away. And that is covered. It's not so it happened after Luther dies. So the there's a there's 10 documents in the Book of Concord. Only one comes later. Luther died in, what, 1546-ish? And, and you get the formula of Concord, 1577. That's it's got two parts, the small call, the, the, the solid declaration and the epitome. And it's in Article 3 that they take up the topic of righteousness. And I'm just going to guess that that is going to be the definition of righteousness from Article 3 of the formula of Concord. Uh, is you are you positing the guess epitome or solid declaration? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> uh, do I have time to hear the first few words again? Accordingly, we believe, teach, and confess that our righteousness before God consists in this: that God forgives us our sins purely by so His grace. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. I bet it's like word for word in both. But let's guess solid declaration. Eh. This is the epitome. <laughs> I mean, that's never been a rule before in Book of Concord B, but it can become one now. So you lost 200 points. Good thing we're not playing for someone because someone would be getting a Table oh, yeah, Talk Radio merch. That. So, yeah. But uh, that's going to be all the time we have. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are what you come up with when you go for faith-seeking understanding to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> See what I did there? Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Okay. Table Talk Radio is Don't not demand. for everyone. Please Don't consult your pastor before listening to Table <laughs> I Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, Time to go. hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, alopecia, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep, fucking fried chicken, internal combustion, right a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.